It started off very slowly. In the beginning, I noticed pots and pans, when they would clink together, were really annoying, like (laughs) anger-inducing. And a potato chip bag or pretzels, when somebody was crinkling that, I would have this visceral reaction. And then I started noticing I could hear things that other people couldn't hear. There was a leaf on the roof. I could hear that. The kids rolling over in bed at night, I could hear that. Pam Gilbert isn't exaggerating. She's a retired bookkeeper in suburban North Carolina, not a fantasist, but a rare ear condition has given her super hearing. I'm Justin Lockie, the lead guitarist from Editors. In this episode of Now Hear This, I'm going to find out whether hearables can enhance human hearing to super levels. I've lived in a three-story house and I heard a faucet dripping. When I asked my husband to go turn off the faucet, he went to the faucet in the bathroom off of our bedroom. Well, what I heard was the bathroom faucet in the basement when I'm on the top floor. Wow, so that's three floors away. Three floors away, and I could hear that drip, drip, drip. (laughs) That was the first time I recognized I'm hearing things that are real. And that other people can't hear. Right. This was my superpower. Yeah. And I often think I would have made a great spy. Yeah. Because I could be in a restaurant and hear what somebody was saying across the restaurant. The dripping tap would be super annoying. But bionic hearing, what a superpower to have. And one we might all have one day. When someone became a werewolf, the first telltale sign was they could hear conversations like 100 meters away. And we can do that with devices today, with parabolic microphones. Today, we have the capability to use signatures in our ear to effectively have superpower. That if I'm in a party in that scenario where you're in a noisy environment, but you want to be able to zoom in. I've had teams in the past build even headphones where... Just by moving my eyes, I enhance whoever I'm looking at. Microphone man, that's my kind of superhero. Bring on the fluffy cake. Mission Winnow presents Now Hear This, a series on the future of hearables. In the meantime, I'm still Justin Lockie, and this is Now Hear This, our odyssey into futuristic ear tech, known as hearables. Ever since Superman landed here from Krypton in 1938, our superheroes have wrestled with the blessings and curses of having unnatural powers. Clark Kent can't just write for the Daily Planet. He has to routinely save the world whilst dodging kryptonite and magic. Superpowers are a double-edged sword. Would having bionic hearing be any different? Would being able to hear someone on the other side of the street be a curse? I know just the person to ask. I think that in comics, 
A lot of superpowers have developed from radioactivity, and I think that comes out of the sort of monster movies of the 50s when everybody thought, oh my God, what is radiation? Could it create mutant monsters? Annie Nascenti, comic book royalty. Annie spent years editing and writing for Marvel, including on Daredevil, a superhero blinded by a radioactive substance. The accident leaves Daredevil's other senses heightened to superhuman levels, giving him a radar sense. So suddenly he had super hearing and he had sonar. He could feel when waves bounced off all the objects in the room. And it gave the artists a wonderful playground because you could go into Daredevil's POV and you would see these bouncing sonic vibrations. And he could see the room and everything that was going on. And I think for him, it was about controlling the cacophony because everything was suddenly heightened. Annie knows what it's like to lose a sense. When I was 16 years old, I was riding a horse through the woods and the horse got scared. It threw me into a tree and I lost The hearing in my right ear, because when you have a blow to the brain, the fluid fills up around the brain. And in this case, I think I lived because I lost my hearing, because that's how the pressure came out through the ear. But it shattered the ear. So it saved my life (laughs) and made me half deaf. What happened to me after the accident is that I started ignoring my right side because no information was coming into the right side. And I remember feeling like the right side had just gone dead. The world over there was just dead. And eventually I started realizing that I could sense somebody, whether it was I could feel their footsteps. I know when someone's approaching on the right side rather than hear them. You start to develop in other ways when you're missing one of those senses. You start to lean on this other extrasensory feeling a bit and you might miss it if it's gone. Annie might be used to conjuring up characters with superpowers, but would any of us actually want to be around someone with out-of-this-world senses? We used to have these conversations like, would you want to be in a room with them? You really would not want to be in a room with someone who could read your thoughts. My thoughts are that Adrian, my super groupie, who's also a very funny comedian, should explore this dilemma. This would be the kind of product we can expect. What if you could hear what people were saying about you? What if by using data capture and noise print interpretation, you could be fed every single statement anyone ever made about you? Anyone ever made about you? Well, now you can. The Earworm Plus uses the most advanced and invasive data collection technology in the world to let you know when you're on someone's lips. Available online today. Earworm Plus. Your ears will be burning. Ears may also burn in a literal sense as the product can get hot with overuse. I see myself signing up to the Earworm Plus standard package and taking it out with me on stage. At last, I can hear my people. This is great. Bollocks. Thought I'd seen the fatalities. You flubbed that chord. When are they going to play their hit? What a handsome guitarist. I'm so proud to be his mum. Wait, the guitarist looks like he's got Earworm Plus. He can probably hear what I'm thinking. Hey, Justin, imagine how awkward it would be if you completely screwed up the solo. 
Enjoying the Earworm Plus. Well, what if you could unlock not only what people are saying about you now, but everything anyone has said in the past? Try it for just an extra $19.99 with Earworm Gold. May 13th, 2009. Yeah, came round. Not sure he liked the salad. December 1st, 2014. He told me to ask you about the fridge and when it will be fixed. September 9th, 2018. The plan has begun. His blood will be removed and treated with a serum, then reinserted into his cortex at night. Justin Lockett will slowly become a servant to Operation Anubis. What the hell was that one? Play that again. Audio recording deleted. Kid Al. It would be scary. It would be very frightening to have someone in your mind. If you're talking about the kind of wearable ear tech where I would be able to hear a conversation across a field. There's a common understanding to how far away people can hear you, that you you should be able to walk across a room and have privacy. So how do you put a technology into the world without putting a label on the person? I'm wearing super ears, beware, stand back. I can't really think of what would the good uses be of such technology. I can't think of it being used as anything other than spyware. And the authorities just can't resist eavesdropping. Whether it was the NSA, the National Security Agency in the US, hoovering up the phone records of tens of millions of Americans, or directly accessing masses of personal data in Facebook, Google and Apple, or, more recently, Arkansas prosecutors demanding information collected by an Echo device from a home where a murder took place. All of this makes me wonder, how safe will the data gathered by hearables be? After all, they're not just monitoring sensitive health signs, but everything you say and hear. You would basically be a walking book. All this long-term data gathering is tantamount to mind reading. I wonder if Dr. Poppy Crumb is concerned too. She's the former chief scientist at Dolby Laboratories. Ethics is so important in all of these areas. When you think about what devices in my life are going to truly transform how technology is reactive and anticipatory Mm. and supportive of me in a way that enhances and augments my capabilities, my accessibilities, even my convenience. The ear is a very important piece, I believe, of that, that future. For this series, we spoke to the graphic novelist Annie Nascenti, who worked on X-Men. A couple of X-Men characters have mind-reading abilities. Annie points out how you would not want to be around a person who could read your mind for even a minute. Would you have the same concern around somebody reading your emotions? We already read each other's emotions very yeah. well. Many people do that very well. So yeah. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I think technology can read a lot more. I mean, analytics on my voice can know more about my mental and physical health than I frankly do. The fear I always have is that we get mired in the potential things that could, could go wrong and we end up with yeah. you know, polarity causing us to not leverage and not build the right system because we're, we're stuck in a, a fear of what yeah. could go wrong. You build the plane, you've engineered the plane crash as well in some ways. There are a lot of ways that a device that's in your ear and knows a great deal of information about you could be used in you know, deleterious ways. So I am a believer you have to be the worst critic of what you're doing and still be an objective optimist. You know, the 
Ethics are around how do I have agency over when and where that data is collected and how it's used. So we have to build regulations around that because I want my home knowing my healthcare. I want my home tracking my voice. I don't want that when I walk into my workplace. I want to know that that's not tracked. I have these capabilities of insights, but it becomes really important about where and with whom I share that data. The ability to collect and scale all this technology to read all these amazing things, and like you were saying, is the, the ethical question. Who, who gets the read on that? I mean, there are conditions where you do want your mind read. We can wear a device all day long and we can sleep with that device and we can be comfortable with it. And the reason that becomes so important is I now have this longitudinal data of me and it becomes much more informative in terms of the types of algorithms I can use to understand my states or even say an anomalous event like a stroke. I, I really need to trust this device in a way that mm. I've never trusted technology. Ethics is not in, should we do this? That longitudinal data for personalized medicine, we want that. The ethics are around, how do I have agency over when and where that data is collected? The capability, the convenience, the accessibility is so important to our physiological systems and how we communicate in noisy environments. Do we have privacy? Yes, we do. Do we have to understand what technology capabilities exist? Absolutely. The better educated we are, better we write our ethics for our environments and our spaces. So technology can do a lot. Technology can do a heck of a lot that we may think is in the future or some sort of a superhero out, but we can already do a lot of this stuff. When you can't turn these powers off, when you can't just take out a hearable, would you want to keep them if you had a choice? If doctors knew what you were dealing with? Like Pam Gilbert and her dripping tap protection. I did yep. have a neurological evaluation and the neurologist gave me diagnosis of bored housewife syndrome. No way. Oh, yes. But when he would tap me in the knee with that reflex hammer, I would jump so high because that tap on my knee, even, you know, it's a tendon, I could hear everything going on in my body, and I could hear all of my internal sounds. I could hear my stomach, could hear my intestines. I could hear the blood going through my veins. I could hear my heartbeat. When you have a rare condition, I don't blame him. He was really dismissive, and that I blame him for, but yeah. I, who would have known this condition was discovered in 1995. What was discovered was SCD, superior canal dehiscence syndrome, where a small hole in the bone covering part of the inner ear allows sounds to leak and reverberate into the brain. Having endured years of suffering and with the condition finally identified, Pam decided to lose her superhearing, to brave going under the knife. I felt I had to hide my condition because it wasn't a condition at that point. It was, I'm just being weird. And I'm just this side of the crazy line. I had friends who wanted to come and visit me in the hospital. Mm -hmm. 
But I knew I was going to be dead, and I said, oh, don't come. It's too far. Just visit me when I go home. So I wake up from this surgery, and I'm like, wait, I don't understand. Did they not do the surgery? And then I noticed some of the sounds were gone. Mm. Couldn't hear my heartbeat. At that point, I couldn't say the letter M. And my name is Pam. (laughs) And I'm Natalie's mom. I couldn't even introduce myself to new people because I couldn't say Because it was just too much because it just the vibrations. Too much vibration. Because when you hold an M. mm, It vibrates the bones in your skull, which was far too painful for me. I, when I woke up, I said the letter M, and the vibration was gone. I didn't listen to music for almost a year because I was so afraid. And I took my Girl Scout troop to the National Cathedral. They had musicians in the audience who stood up and played their instruments during one song. And I just remember this trumpet player, probably three rows back, Mm. started playing. And then I realized, wait, it's not a blaring horn, it's music. And it was the most beautiful music I've ever heard because I had removed myself for years away from it. And it was like hearing music for the first time. And it was beautiful. And I'm having this big, beautiful, emotional reaction, but nobody around me knows. And I'm like going, this is the most incredible trumpet player I've ever heard. This man is magical. And then I just realized, no, he's just playing the way he plays every day, but it was just so profoundly impactful to me. One disruptive superpower surgically removed, but replaced by another, the power to appreciate the majesty of music. Now that is an outcome to truly marvel at. In the next episode, we look at instant translation. We specialize in making earbuds that translate language. We translate 20 languages, and I think about 42 dialects. We've shipped over 50,000 worldwide. Thanks, Justin. By the way, please don't introduce me as a little old lady from Charlotte, (laughs) North Carolina. (laughs) I'm a superior canal dehiscence patient who survived the dark side of the condition.